0: So for criminal law today, we talked about understanding legality and making sure that legality is ensured for the defendants and so that all their cases are tried properly. So there are three things that you need to actually determine legality, whether or not a statute or a ruling, so to speak, is legal. Well, the first thing is the statutes must be understandable to ordinary citizens. Second, the statutes need to be clear. And third, any ambiguity in between the statutes, uh, whether it's vagueness or whatever, need to be designed to benefit the defendant. So anything that is ambiguous there, if it's like a 50-50, this could go either way, uh, those are going to benefit the defendant. So let's go ahead and talk about a couple of cases. We read several cases. Uh we're gonna go over a v. motion. We're gonna talk about Keeler v. the Superior Court, uh in re Banks, in Desertrain uh versus the city of Los Angeles. We can also talk about this principle briefly in People v. Ilu Elo, Elo, something like that. Um but let's go over the facts of these cases to illustrate these three principles that we mentioned earlier, which is statutes must be understandable, clear, and any ambigui- ambiguity needs to benefit the defendant. Okay, so first, let's talk about Commonwealth v. Motion. The facts of this case is that there was the the defendant who made several phone calls to a married woman, and he solicited her and provide and, and was making very Uh, rude suggestive comments and this was happening several times a day so the defendant was arrested and uh his defense was that there was no statute so he was convicted of a crime when there was no crime so that's his defense well the uh the prosecutor in this instance says well you did violate a crime and the court is going to use a common law analysis so common law as we understand it is judgments that come from opinions of the court but the thing is is when it came over all the common law turned into case law and anything that wasn't case law is now still just love over first common law all those cases resulted in uh, statutes that uh, outlined what was criminal and what was not But in this instance, there was no statute that was criminal. So the court is looking for an opportunity to uphold his arrest uh, without going into statutes, and they refer to common law. So they say uh, that the defendant's actions are openly outrageous and injures the public moral. And so because of that reason, he was in violation of common law, which is a misdemeanor, and therefore his conviction was upheld. There's a dissent in this case that actually goes more into uh, the role of the court in this instance and the role of the court isn't to create statutes. and so the dissent says that even though the defendant's actions are deplorable, like <laughs> gross, not not good, uh, the legislature is supposed to be the one to define what is a crime or rather to establish what is a crime, and it's not the courts through common law. The courts can interpret that. If there's any vague, vague, vagueness or ambiguity, the courts can address those issues, but they can't actually create the crime because that's up to the legislature. So based off of that, we're going to move into Keeler, which is, builds off of this dissent because eventually over time the courts decided not to use common law. And so Keeler in this instance, uh, was a situation where uh, the courts had no common law in, in the state and as a result they were trying to decide whether or not this case violated a crime, if the person committed a crime. So let's go over the facts. Uh, Mr. Ms Keeler had applied for divorce. Uh, Mrs. Keeler had started living with another man, and she was pregnant with this man. And uh, Mr. Keeler didn't know about the pregnancy. Uh, they encountered each other, and Mr. Keeler discovered that she was pregnant. And uh, it said that he was going to uh, stomp it right out of her, and then he. Kneed uh, her in the, in the stomach, pushed her against the vehicle, and she fell unconscious. Uh, when she awoke, uh, he was gone. Paramedics uh, came to the scene and uh, took care of her, but the baby ended up uh, being stillborn. And so, Mr. Keeler in this instance was charged for a couple of things. Uh, first, he was charged for assault on Mrs. Keeler. And assault with injury. And then finally, he was assault, uh, charged with murder uh, in the first degree. And murder in the first degree is that uh, the person took an action to kill another human being. And the question before the court here is whether or not this preborn child was a human being. At the time, the statute didn't say anything about a fetus, and so they used some legislative history to determine whether or not uh, the killing of this child was considered a crime. And there was nothing in the statute or anything in the prehistory that said that, yes, this was committing a crime. So he was not guilty of murder uh, for... The child. The dissent in this says that science has come a long way, uh, since the science has come a long way, and as a result, uh, they should take into account some of the common law factors and to understand that the child is considered a human being and as a victim, should be protected. Those two cases outline common law and how common law is understood in statutes. Uh, Really, the big takeaway is if it is not in the statute, the court can't do anything about it. Uh, There is... A principle from here, though. Oh, th- there is a takeaway as well. If you want to change the law, you need to go and talk to the legislatures after, uh, to change the law. Because in this case, uh, the court also said if we were to change the law, uh, this person wouldn't even be committed convicted for a crime anyways because of ex plus facto, meaning uh the crime would have occurred in the past after the law was created, which, according to the Constitution, you can't um, convict someone of a crime that they committed before the crime was a crime, uh, because that would violate the Due Process Clause to the Constitution. So what happened in this instance is, after this case, what went through is that the legislature uh, responded By saying that murder is killing a human being or unborn fetus with the intent to kill it. So after this case happened, there was a change in the law. Okay, let's talk about clarity and why clarity is important. Well, if you're not clear with your cases, then you're going to end up leaving a lot of um, vague. And if there's a lot of vagueness, you could end up capturing a lot of innocent actions in this vague statute. So you need to make sure that a statute is clear uh, so that you don't violate the rights of somebody for doing innocent behavior. I apologize that's actually defining overly broad. So you don't want to make you want to make sure that it's so uh, so that it's narrow enough to where it's not going to encompass innocent acts as illegal acts. Vagueness is making sure that the people who are being convicted actually understand that the rule is vague. So they need to make sure that they know that what they're doing is illegal. Or if it's too vague, then they won't be knowing that what they're doing is illegal, which could result in a lot of problems, and that actually happened in the other cases that we read. I won't go into those any more just because I feel like I'm not presenting it very well, but a good summary to do this is the legality of a statute depends on the understandability which meaning? It, which means is it vague? The clarity in the overreach. Uh, the it, does the statute overreach or over encompass? And then finally, any ambiguity needs to make sure that the tie goes to the defendant. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Law Schoolers. Before I let you go, there are four things I want to say. The first thing is if you enjoyed these episodes and if you enjoyed the website, I would invite you to go and join Law Schoolers Pro. And you can do that by going to LawSchoolers.com slash join. It's a way for you to support us, but there's also a lot of features there that I think you will enjoy. Second thing is that nearly all of our episodes are unedited. The only ones that aren't are pre-law materials. And the reason for that is so you can actually see the legal material in its raw form as I'm learning it